Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wasteland, an anime podcast. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Nathaniel Garofalo, and I'm joined, as always, by Dom Esclavon. And um, <clears throat> so today is Sunday the something. What, Some what's the date today? Uh, it's like late yeah. May. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess we would, you know, uh, just start the podcast today just talking about some really um, tragic news, I guess, kind of in, well, not I guess, but tra- very tragic news in the anime and manga kind of community, which is, of course, um, the passing of Kentaro Miura, who's the legendary. Um, manga author and artist for berserk um if you're any what involved in the community you've probably heard the news but if i'm the one breaking it to you um i'm sorry for that um apparently i I guess you know catching anyone up who's not fully aware of what happened apparently he passed away on may 6th and yeah. they just, they let the, um, I guess they just, the publishers let some time pass uh, to give the, ta- the <clears throat> his family, I guess, time to grieve properly before making it public. So this has kind of just been, this happened earlier this month and we all just found out uh, a few this days ago. Week, or, yeah. yeah, this last week. And, you know, I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about what I would say on the show and, you know, I I don't know that I'm going to really be able to find the right words to do any of this justice, but, you know, I'm a fairly, um, fairly, like, so again, I guess for anyone unfamiliar with Berserk as a series who hasn't read it, it's been running for over 30 years. So Berserk was Kentaro Miura's life's work and... Um, it was an unfinished work, um, likely nowhere near, um, the end of its run. So that's just, that's just an extra tragedy on top of just the simple tragedy of a man losing his life. I think at 54, um, I forget the, the name of what he died of, but it was some sort of artery burst in his heart. And it was just like a very sudden thing that apparently like, apparently you can't see coming. There's no like warning signs. It's just like a crazy thing that happens to some people. But so, yeah, I, I've been thinking about a lot this past week, just in terms of I think the thing that I think would be interesting to kind of talk a little bit about that you might have some thoughts on that's just more of like a general discussion maybe about like, I don't know, like in your, in, in your comics world, cause you're obviously more of a expert on Western comics because, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend the other day about all this stuff and we were trying to think about other like artistic mediums that require such a long amount of time Hmm. you know to to produce works and the only other thing we could think of is like maybe long-running novel series but even at the same time it just 
you know, I mean, just the closest parallel I would have to this, uh, just going back to like the comic side of it would be Dwayne McDuffie, who was, uh, he was a comic book creator and, um, he was big in the DC side of things as far as their animation, uh, went. So he actually had, uh, <clears throat> a pretty untimely death as well a few years back and mm-hmm. it, it hit the entire comic book community pretty much the same way. Uh, that it's hitting the anime community right now with the creator of Berserk, where it's just this guy had so much more to do. And it's evident right. by all that he did do. And what he did do, you could tell, like, he was he was telling, I, I am speaking about Dwayne McDuffie. I'm just saying that uh, he told stories a little differently. He brought uh, characters to the forefront that, or and created characters that we know today, but you wouldn't know that he necessarily created them. So. Mm. That's the only thing I can liken this to because I was trying to think <clears throat> because I'm not a fan of the manga Berserk because I haven't read it. And uh, you begged me not to watch the anime because it is subpar. It just doesn't do the manga justice. Uh, so I haven't checked it out. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just trying to figure out, like, what is the closest thing I could, like, figure out what this would be in my life. And that was the passing of Dwayne McDuffie. So, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's another interesting thing that I've been thinking a lot about too, is like, I think we, I think I said a few words about it, maybe like when it happened like a month or two ago was earlier this year, uh, a musician I really love died suddenly right, right. Like in, a, in a freak accident. And they were like the tragedy of that one it feels like a little bit different when I think about it is like the tragedy of that death was they were only a little bit older than me, maybe your age. Like they they were very young and they had produced work for a long time. Like I'd been a fan since like 2013. So they've been around for a while, but the tragedy aside from them just dying too young is, you know, the fact that, yeah, they don't have, we're not going to get anything more. Right. You know? Right. And when I think about Kentaro Miura dying with the whole Berserk situation and it being a long running manga, like it's just a different type of Lost. tragedy in, in terms of the art, because it's like as someone who <clears throat> creates, creates some very small scale, things and hopes to do more in the future like i just couldn't imagine you know i've just been thinking a lot about like i know that the way he died is very sudden but the thing that's like keeping me up at night is like wondering if he had any time to like reflect in those final moments and like worry that he had you know did he feel regret did he feel satisfied with everything with the work he did do because like a man's life work is no small thing, you know? So I just, I just couldn't imagine working your whole life to tell a singular story. And then for that to be ripped away from you, because like a lot of discourse in the community right now is kind of like a lot of people saying like, it doesn't matter that he didn't finish, you know, we shouldn't be selfish and blah, blah, blah. And I totally agree with that on some level, but my sadness about it not being finished kind of even though he's gone kind of just comes to like he didn't get to 
finish his life's work, like his magnum opus. And that's just an incredibly tragic thing to like take from an artist, I feel. I feel that. I can I can definitely see where you're coming from, but the silver lining that I would say is what he did get to share that did get to touch yeah. people. I mean, what you yeah, can't yeah. take that away from him. You said the story has been taking place over 30 years. Do you know how many mm-hmm. like writers and yeah. creators would give their teeth just to tell a story that I mean that mm-hmm. they could like publish for a year? And this guy's been telling mm-hmm. the story for 30. So what the hell? Someone's calling me right now. Uh, nice. Oh, cool. That's my dad. Um ignoring that. Why uh what both uh, all right, our recordings keep getting interrupted by family today. It's the weirdest goddamn thing. But uh mm-hmm. I forget yeah. where I was going with that. Um yeah, no, I mean it's just yeah, I mean I totally agree. It's just that even though he wasn't able to finish his vision, um over 30 years he's given something so I mean even for an unfinished work that might only be at like the halfway of point of its complete um form I think that just speaks to the quality of what he's been able to do with all these years is a story that's probably barely halfway complete is like you know such this towering um influential thing that's touched so many people i think is just testament to um his art and his writing and definitely just every everything is there um, uh i mean of course it's kind of too early but i i can't imagine that he didn't have some sort of outline for like the well, way that he wanted the rest of berserk to unfold yeah so a few interesting details that would be interesting to talk about as we kind of like start to move on to away from this is, you know, that's another big conversation that's been happening in the community of Berserk fans in the past couple of days is people speculating as to what he did leave behind mm. um, because it's, it's not public knowledge what the publishers have or what his family knows. Like no one, no one in the public knows. Um, are weebs like loading up, ready to like raid his tomb right now? <laughs> or is that what's happening? I, I no, I doubt it. Okay. I, I think like everyone has the, the, the conversation about it. It's been very respectful, which Thank is God. good, but um, no, it, it's just more so like, you know, like, in the anime manga community over the past however many years, like the kind of, and it's not really funny anymore, but the big joke is kind of with series like Berserk and series like Hunter Hunter, the manga, is that these are like notorious hiatus hmm. um, things. And I can't speak too much about Hunter Hunter, the manga, but I know at least for Kentaro Miura and Berserk, he takes so much time because he's such um, a perfectionist with his art that, you know, there's stories and things he said in interviews and his publishers saying that like sometimes he'll just take like months and months, like going pixel by pixel, like with his art, like, you know, his panels to make sure they're up to his perfection. So that's honestly like, I think a huge reason they've been delayed um, but the other big thing is that, and that some people have drawn comparisons to other series where the author dies or something happens is where 
typically in the manga world, um, the manga creator will work with a bunch of assistants and the assistants mm. learn to draw in their style. And that's how like weekly shonen series or whatever can Continue. be tur- turned around really quickly. And if something ever happened, you know, they would have the knowledge to at least draw in the same style. But notoriously, Kentaro Miura never had assistance for Berserk because he was too particular about his art. Damn. Which, but there's one weird detail, which is that he actually has another series that started very recently, I think within the past year or two. It was like another fantasy type series that I haven't read yet, but apparently, and this is at least what I've heard from people talk about it, this other series he created specifically to bring on assistance to train them to draw in his style. So oh, apparently- I respect that. That's what's up. So I think I maybe- that. Like he didn't want them touching his baby. He's like, you guys aren't yeah. ready for this yet. So I'll create something yeah. else. And this is what you guys can cut your teeth on. <clears throat> oh my God. I kind of fuck with so, that. God, that's, that's dope. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. And I think that the long-term goal was going to be eventually- once he felt comfortable with their ability to draw his style faithfully, that they would transition over to Berserk and help him move faster, which, so it's like, I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of all up in the air in terms of what the fan, what will be released to the public in the future. Cause he's also said in interviews that, um, maybe it was more of a joke. Maybe he was being serious was that, if given the opportunity, he has like 30 more years of ideas that he could fit into Berserk if he had free reign to do so. Damn. So it's not like Berserk was 10 or 20 chapters away. I mean, it could be another 300 ch- chapters from finishing. So there's, I don't think there's any real hope that it'll be completed because I just think that's too much story to be able to pass along. But you know, selfishly, I do hope there's some kind of rough outline maybe we'll get someday. But if not, it's an incredible series that um, I would encourage anyone to get to someday. Um, and to, I guess to, to ease us out of this uh, conversation, I have a kind of funny, interesting story. Hit me. So the other day, because um, basically I if you know this about me and I don't know if I uh, talk too much about it on the show, but I really don't like collecting physical media at all. Like I don't take great care of things. And like back in the day, like all my DVDs and CDs were just destroyed because I couldn't put them back in their cases. And plus I move, I like the past like five or however many years I've moved so much that I hate like moving books and shit around. I get it. So all the manga that I have, I um, I read digitally, but I just felt like it would be great to own Berserk physically. And I know that in the past couple of years, they started this new deluxe edition series. And people at home can look it up if they're unfamiliar, but I'll show you on camera. Ooh. But they have these giant uh, Berserk deluxe edition. Damn, that's like nice. Hard, hardbound, and it's like the original... Um, 
I forget the measurements, but it, apparently it's the original published size. It looks like seven um, by eleven. Probably, yeah, because um, the typical Berserk volumes that have been running for years are like you know, mm-hmm. yeah, l- teeny tiny. Um, so basically, uh, yesterday or yeah, yesterday, um, I woke up in the morning and I was just sort of like to my girlfriend, I was like, hey, like. I think it'd be really cool to own some of these. Maybe we can like go out to some local bookstores and comic places and see. Nice. What? No, well, yeah. I was just remembering, but then I, I haven't been to your place in Hayward. I've only, I was thinking of the comic shop next to your place in El Cerrito. And I was like, oh, right. Oh, right. But yeah. So wait, do you have a yeah. comic shop near your place or what? Um. Yes. But so basically we started there. Um, shop local, baby. <laughs> We we called them and they didn't have any in stock because ah. these have been they, they've been selling out like hotcakes mm. over the past couple of days because everyone you know like me decided it'd probably be a good idea to have them physically, so <clears throat> we we went around first we went to a um, we wound up going to a Barnes and Noble. And okay, yeah, they they're had, a mom and pop shop. Okay, yeah. Well, there's not there's not that many places around, but at least around here. But, um, so we went there and they had one. And so we kind of just wound up like popping around different places, trying to, uh, find different volumes. And we wound up finding like four and these are like 50 bucks a pop. So I wound up spending like 200 bucks on these. I wasn't really expecting it, but I was like, okay, like it's a good purchase. Like I, I don't feel too bad about it. Um, but so at the very end of the day, we were like wiped out. And I was like, ah, we can just go home. And we were like in Dublin, I think. And yeah, it was, I, yeah. Well, Dublin's no good. If, if anyone visits the Bay area, steer clear, there's nothing out there. But, but so we were in Dublin at a place checking and we were about to go home. And my girlfriend said, do you want to just check and see if there are any like, card shop like comic card shops around and i was like i was like yeah yeah we can and so i i checked on google maps and there was two right around us and i just picked the closer one i was like let's go here and so we went and it was a pretty interesting place it was kind of weird like it was one of those places that has like it had like a huge table full of like guys playing magic yeah you know that now And there was like people building figures inside. And I was like, all right, this is too much for me. But so we went in, I looked around and I found one of they, luckily they had one volume of the, this deluxe uh, berserk editions that I didn't have. So I got it and I was like, all right, you know, let's leave. And, um, my girlfriend, you know, I, I, I think maybe we talked about it on one of the recent episodes about Pokemon cards. I think I don't. I don't yeah. remember if you asked me on know, air. Yeah, it might have been off air. About it on air, right? But but so yeah, my girlfriend and I like we're very casual Pokemon card <laughs> fans and collectors. Like we just like collecting them, and um, it's been really. If anyone knows or doesn't know, like it's been extremely it's hard. National to fu- news right now, man. It's like headline yeah. news. Yeah. So obviously, it's really really fucking tough to find them. But this place actually had a huge a pretty huge stock by Pokemon standards Ooh. of and they had the set that we kind of like a new set that we're trying to collect. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm buying all these books. Like, do you want to um, 
get some Pokemon cards? And she was like, yeah, sure. And uh, he pulled some off the shelf and we got like one little teeny pack and one bigger pack with like seven packs. And so we're like, okay, cool. And so we come home and uh, we open the little pack and there was like actually a, a few good cards in there. But then we opened the big pack and we, every time we open up Pokemon cards, we split the cart, like the packs evenly between us. And we like take turns opening one pack. And so I was going through and on the, on, I think the first or second Shut pack I opened, up. I pulled this, get the hell out of here, which is the, Ugh. for everyone at home, you probably know what it is. What? So this is the, sh- it's the shining fates set a more recent set. And I pulled the Shining Charizard VMAX, which is the Damn. hottest card in the pack. So it was crazy. It was fucking crazy. And like raw, this card right now is worth like 250 Wow. So you just made your um, money back on the books. Yes, we did. Oh and my God. You were the luckiest so, son of a bitch. All right. Uh, well, hold, hold on. The story's not done. Oh, please and, tell um, me you all four so, of your tires got slashed. Please just keep going. <laughs> And so I pulled that one and we were just like shocked and we were like, holy shit, we made our money back on the whole day. Like, this is crazy. Oh, white privilege. Here we go. And then she opened her pack and she pulled a pretty good card. Um, So she pulled a Shining Charizard. What? VMAX. Oh my God. We, we literally pulled two. Get the fuck out of here. Right in a row. It was like, I, I can't even explain how, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like it's. Oh, it feels man. impossible. That that feels like it was a factory. You know, if you guys are like up, Twitch streamers or something up. and you were recording that, like you have like so many millions <sighs> of views right now. Oh my God, Daniel, you dropped the fucking bag. You fumbled it. Anyway, congratulations. Goddamn fucking so, on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty wild day yesterday. What, did you pull um, four more after that? Huh? Did you pull four more after that? Are you about to like? No. Throw- okay. That, that was it. But I think we discovered that my girlfriend has uh might have like a gambling addiction because we pulled all that <laughs> and she was like, she was like, are we going back? And I'm like, no, we're not fucking going I back. I mean, like, it's kind of, you're okay. You're a fool not to. You're a sucker is what you are. That place that's is hot, true. Nathaniel. That's okay. <laughs> that's no, what she, no that's one else knows it about it. No, yes, it is. Have, <laughs> that's okay. true. Dude. All right. Look, I don't know why, <laughs> but for some reason I have this bug inside of me. Like, I think mm-hmm. me and your girlfriend, we might need to, like, go to Reno or something because all of a sudden, I, mm. there's this show I was watching on HBO, and it takes place in Vegas, and uh, one of the characters was just hanging out in a uh, casino, and, of course, the waitress comes over, asks her what she wants to drink, girl says, uh, oh, hold on, like, goes to reach, she goes, oh, no, it's on the house. I completely forgot, one, all the drinks in Vegas are free if you're in a casino, <laughs> which is amazing. Secondly, mm. smoke indoors, which means I would never have to stop smoking my pen. Thirdly, you just mm. throw all your money away in these machines. And then sometimes you get money back. <laughs> See, well, that's what I said. Um, after we, she was trying to go back and I was like, no, come on. We got to walk away while we're up. Like ah, we're not going to go fool. pull more Charizards. You might and, or Mr. Mines, <laughs> you don't know, but but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing is that, and this is what I had. This is what I tried telling her was that. So with this new set, we've only bought this new set three different times. The first time we got like a few decent pulls. It wasn't great. The second time, we ate shit 
hard and it felt horrible. And I was like, I don't even want to open any of these. I don't want to buy these anymore. They're overpriced and we just got jack shit. And this time it was the greatest opening we ever had. So it's like, we could go back all the way to fucking Dublin yeah. and back again. Ugh. And we might and we might eat shit again and it's gonna feel terrible. So Oof. it might it it's might not, Dublin but I'm just part. trying to say that's sit. the part that really that yeah. that takes it back. If it was like uh 10, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes, what are you doing here talking to me? Is what I'd be saying. Go get those cards. But it's exactly. fucking Dublin. Uh I got no business yeah. in Dublin. I, you fit in in Dublin, and if you don't want to go to Dublin, that tells me something. That means like we all should stay out of Dublin. All right. <laughs> I fit in at Dublin. It feels like robots live in Dublin. Like I, it's just it's it's so no, dude. It's I I remember going to Dublin like uh, ten or no, it was over ten years, like thirteen, fourteen years ago. One of my childhood best friends he moved to Dublin after we mm-hmm. like graduated high school. His, uh, his brother brought, bought a house out there, so he went to go live there, and. We went to go visit and you say it feels like robots live out there. Yeah, man. Uh, there were vending machines in the parks that served ice cream. It was just a different level. Um, it, Yeah. I mean, for anyone who's like trying Pleasant to get a better Bill. picture. Yeah. For anyone who's trying to get a better picture, it feels like the type of place where if there's some like creepy, like mm. shitty Netflix movie. Black like, Mirror. There's a, it's, it's like a Black Mirror type uh, yeah, like, neighborhood. Yeah. To me, it feels like a place where people would stopped like hey we got to get some gas and they're like oh there's no attendance around and <laughs> and there's just like no one around like there's people there but it feels like no one lives there maybe i don't know like it's, it's a weird uh, place yeah so got no, i got no business in dublin definitely i, I would definitely um, i would go but yeah no but all right so i want to go to reno is the long and short of it i don't want to go to vegas i can't handle vegas but i also can't handle reno i feel like if i go to reno like with all the social, like, cause I'm fully vaxxed now. I got my last shot the other day. I'm feeling mm-hmm. great. No symptoms whatsoever. Sore arm is gone. And nice. yeah, now I'm just like, all right, I want to go live again. And I was looking at uh train tickets, dude, I can get a train ticket for 50 bucks and be in Reno mm. in three hours and just living, but I'll probably die. So I need, we should probably go is what I'm saying. We'll hmm. we'll think about it. We'll put it on the books. A little yeah. vacation. A little vacation. I, a little Dom and Nathaniel vacation. We'll go to the circus circus. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way you'll get me over to one of these gambling towns. I don't. Yeah. Dude. I don't. F- have you ever hmm. been on a train? Have you ever traveled by train? I I mean, I've been on. No, I, no I've never long distance traveled. On a train, no. I think I went to DC on a train once, but I've also been to Reno mm. on a train. Train, train traveling is different traveling. First of all, uh, mm. we're not going to be riding the rails with hobos, but you do meet some very interesting people on trains, and you're just hanging out with them yeah. for three hours. I mean, in terms of yeah, I mean, I I would like to travel long distance by train because I feel like with all the different modes of transport, like. Trains feels like the one you could write a novel. Yeah, while you're traveling by train, it's so you know? romantic. Like driving in a car, you feel like shit after a little yeah. while. Start to and get like crazy. Driving, yeah, and flying in a plane, you're just like, I'm just gonna distract myself until we land. Yeah, because although people tell me it's safe, I am higher than uh, I should be, and there's no way I'm surviving if we fall. So yeah, but yeah, trains, I like, 
Oof. Yeah, it feels like if a train crashes, you could just like barrel roll out of it. Definitely. You know, you'd be okay. Definitely. Or worst case scenario or best case scenario, everyone else dies in the train. You emerge like unscathed. You discover you have superpowers. That's right, your right. origin story. Yeah. Um, and it also feels like worst case scenario, like bandits show up and you got to like yes. hip and like uh, skip and hop along the top of the train, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like on everyone's bucket list i would assume so definitely definitely. it's it's like a it's a win-win scenario however you uh okay however you shake it can we put this on our like wasteland to-do list you and me hopping on a train Mm -hmm. and going to reno for like a weekend can we put that on the list yeah definitely i mean we'll we'll hire we'll hire a film crew it'll be the first uh It'll be Wasteland perfect. special. It'll be perfect. All right, guys. Uh, now let's dip into uh, the rest of our weekly watching roundup. We're talking my hero. We got Tokyo Revengers. Uh, I guess what did you watch any? Uh, what what else do we have? Uh, Vinland Saga. We have Vinland. Vin- uh, Vinland Saga and Horimiya. right and Horimiya. Yes. Oh, uh, is your power back on? Yeah, there's a couple. I don't know if that picked up on my mic, but yeah, it looks like the power just came back on. Nice. Um, cool. Yeah, my power was out for all the listeners out there. I'm, I'm looking at Dom on my phone right now. But um, yeah, These so are the, those are... Yeah. Yeah, so those are the... Ser- we got the regular shows and then, yeah, the two... You had a couple words about Vinland Saga, but I caught up in the past week. Um, yeah, oh, so you I watched mean, all of it? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. And, um, oh, yeah. Plus, cool. we, wait, wait, wait. Not only My Hero, but, uh, you also, you watched the My Hero, uh, Two Heroes movie to get, um, a little context on the latest, uh, episode of My Hero Academia that featured Bakugo. Yes. Yeah. I watched that last night. Um, cause, and, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess it seemed like the right time you told me uh, that it would probably... I mean, you've been telling me to watch it for a while, which I should have, but um, yeah, you said it had some significance or that it would be nice to see given what happens in the latest episode of My Hero, but yeah. So I, I yeah, do you want... I guess do you want to start with Vinland Saga? Yeah, bro. Let's get into it. Let's talk Thorfinn. Th- Thorkel. Uh, let's talk Thor's... Asklad, all of them. Let's go. What did you think? Um, did it live up to what, your expectations? What did I think about Vinland Saga? Hmm. So I loved it. Woo-wee! Bro, you had no, me it, yeah, on the fence. <laughs> oh my God. I was, I was trying to think if there's some other way I could fuck with you, but it's just, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I, I mean, it's so, I mean, so yeah, I, I read the manga. I looked up what chapter the anime finished on and I read up to there. Um, so I'm curious. I mean, yeah, we'll get into, I, I only watched, um, the, the finale of the anime. Um, and there's some interesting things in there, um, that differed from the manga, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm like all in on Vinland Saga right now. Like I've, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I like 
have blown past in the manga. Like I'm quite what? far. Oh man. I mean, I'm not upset about it. I would be, I, I would, I would have kept watching had there been more uh, on Amazon prime. I even, I mean, I, I thought like that was the end, but of course it says like, uh, that's the prologue is the finale. That's just the prologue, which mwah, yeah. I love that shit. Um, so you're already what you're through the slave arc and all that shit. <clears throat> um, yeah. Wait, how how do you know about this the slave arc? Because Nathaniel, I am a learned man. Uh, well, how much? How much do you? At my how much do you? All right, all right. How much do you know though about? What I mean, happened? like I know the basics. I know the gist. Like I think I know who. I, I watched like some YouTube video about like who a couple of the characters were at the end of oh, that season well, that's, one. That, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. But I mean, you um, can yeah, still could, talk to me about it now. I have a little information. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, there's there's so much to talk to just in this, yeah, freaking epic uh, prologue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I think in because I didn't realize that because I was looking up more about the series and I didn't realize that it had been running as long as it was. It's been running for 16 years. Really? Like it, yeah, I didn't. Wow. I, I was kind of shocked by that. I would have guessed that, yeah, maybe it had been running for, I don't know, seven or eight years or something, but mm. Yeah, so it's been running for a long ass time. And like, I'm pretty sure that that prologue, like, it was like 54 chapters of the manga. Like, that was probably like five years, like a five year prologue. Wow. Wow. It's the fucking story. Oh my God. That's beautiful. <clears throat> that entire prologue, like, I, I don't know if you felt the same way I did, but I, it, I told you last week, it just, I felt as if, like, I don't know. I broke up with someone, but it was for the best, you know, like it, I felt empty in a good way. Like I'm missing yeah. something and I just really could not wait until I get, I can have more of it. So I understand your desire to keep going Yeah, because once, once you get to the end and Thorfinn is holding Asklad and he's screaming right. and just his entire meaning for life has just been taken from him. And the father figure that he's sort of had the past, like, I don't know, 10 years has been taken from him. So what then, yeah. you know, it's just, ah, it's brutal. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, it's when you think about it, you know, Askeladd was more of a presence in his life sure. like, for longer than, than Thor's was. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to begin, really. Like, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to like start with some of the characters and just like, okay, run um, through them, or do you want to talk like story? Like, there's so many places to yeah to start. As far as um, character arcs go, Asklad being the uh, quote unquote villain of this story, how did you feel? Uh, about his whole character arc. He starts being, he starts at being like this, this thing, like this evil entity that Thorfinn has to defeat. And then yeah. like throughout the season, he begin. I mean, he's still that thing to Thorfinn, but to all these, you see all these different sides to Askeladd as the story continues that he's not yeah. just this evil man. 
he i mean he is the product like i said of a king who took a concubine and then killed that woman uh, or tried to at least but yeah he is the product of i mean rape you know as most of these men yeah. are i mean yeah the, i mean oscalot is i like i had heard things and like people talking about how what a great character oscalot is so i was expecting a lot coming into it i guess but mm. Yeah, I mean, he, I think the fascinating thing about Oscalod's story arc and just how it treats the whole Thorfinn dynamic with, like, his dynamic with Thorfinn is, like, uh, at least maybe, like, in the first half of the season, like, Thorfinn, like, he definitely has a strong presence, but he's not, like, as involved you know, with things going on. I mean, like he has his definite like little moments and arcs where he's directly involved with a fight or something, but at least in terms of Thorfinn as a character, I mean, by design, he's this very like singular minded yeah. thing. He's like, this is my goal and I'm a little ball of rage and that's kind yeah. of who I am. And, <laughs> and, you know, watch it's, it's fascinating to watch and, you know, I feel like probably, I would assume everyone watching, you know, really has an affection for Thorfinn, but Askeladd being this villainous monster from the start, as it's as the like he's such a central point, like a uh, focus of this prologue to the point where at a certain point you're so, at least me, like I was so fascinated by his cunning and his these fucking moves he's making yeah, and like yeah. his and him on the battlefield, like he's a fascinating character and you start, at least for me, like, yeah, you start appreciating him and you kind of ha grow this soft spot for him to the point where I think we're all kind of, we're kind of there with Thorfinn at the end where Oscalod's taken away and, you know, Thorfinn in that moment not that he can like verbally uh, express it, but I think it comes across, at least for me, that in that moment, he's furious that he can't fulfill his goal of revenge. But I also very much feel like it's almost more so of uh, this man who's kind of my weird rival mentor is is dead now. Like, yeah. Like, and that, that look he gives at one point where he's just like, dev it, it's not anger. It's just like this face of just complete devastation that Askeladd's gone is like, you know, but yeah, I mean, the, that, that speech that Askeladd gives him. Which one? No, what? The final one where he's like, do you understand why you'll never win or what? Which one are you talking about? Um... Yeah, no, I, I guess the final one, mm. just where he's like, um, like you haven't even like, well, I mean, yeah, it, I, to me, it's kind of feels like a part two of an earlier speech he gave him where I feel like Oscar really tried to like hammer home in him. It's like, you're pathetic. Like you haven't done, you haven't done shit to me in 10 years. Mm. Like, why don't you be more of a pragmatist about this? Like, and just take me out. Like, yeah, I don't understand why he couldn't. I don't understand like what it was in Thorfinn 
or what it was about Askeladd that made Askeladd such a better warrior. And um, I mean, even Canute, Prince and now King Canute, he had he had made the same uh, or he had the same questions I had because he he thought because Thorfinn defeated Thorkel and Thorkel defeated uh, Askeladd, that meant that then Thorfinn could defeat Askeladd, right? But even Thorkel was like, it's not that simple. Just because one man can beat me does not mean that man can beat the man that beats me or something like that. Mm. Which, I mean, I get, but I don't understand. I mean, what made Askeladd so goddamn like unbeatable? I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's because Thor's could beat his fucking ass. Thor's had him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, on one level, it's like pretty much everyone who hears the name Thor's is like, oh, fuck. Like he was stronger than me. Like, so everyone kind of agrees that Thor's is like that top tier warrior. But at the same time, like, I definitely feel like there is. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's w- part of what makes Askeladd um, so fascinating is like there is this kind of like mysterious um, just like he's so mysteriously good at everything that mm. you kind of it just adds to me, I guess it just adds to the mystery of his character um, because like I, I think it you know, like so much of his facial expression as shit's going down is like, he kind of has the like tired eyes sort of thing where he's Mm -hmm. just sort of like, he seems so unbothered by everything. Even when he's like surrounded by like 50 men who want to kill him, he's just sort of like, all right. And it just makes it, it makes him more of a more intimidating, I guess in a way. And then it makes those moments where he is truly shocked, like stand out a lot Mm. more, you know? Um, definitely yeah um amazing fighter i i loved his uh his final battle i i well i don't know if it was his final one where he like chopped a guy completely in half with the sword and right. everyone like just stood back in there and just like what the fuck yeah that was yeah i think that was before mm. thorkel showed up it was like in that whole kind of like fight arc and before thorfinn showed back up got it um and before their fight um yeah i think i'm i'm really one thing i was really curious to get your thoughts on in terms of a specific character being canute mm. i feel like i really do like his character um yeah but i i did sort of feel like the one thing that i struggled with a bit in this prologue was his transformation while there were certain parts I feel were definitely justified and like make sense. Like I do feel like ultimately it was a little, I felt it was maybe like a little, a little fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, I can see that, but I feel like, uh, not to cut you off, but I feel like we missed some stuff with those time skips, you know, mm, there are a lot of times where it went from like June to December Right, right. Yeah, I mean that's fair. And and maybe it's not so much that it happened fast, but maybe it was just a little more of like 
it just came across like his character before his transformation, you know, is this kind of like just he seems like an airheaded scaredy cat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like this tactical. Right. Right. Wizard. He then, and it, yeah. It, he's then it, it pivots from him being this tactical scaredy cat or uh, to to him being like this uh, tactical close. Like he's just he's focused and he can see like four steps ahead. And that's why he's so reserved. But it didn't play like that before, you know, before he was like hiding behind Ragnar. And yeah, just it, he was scared of his own shadow, essentially. Yeah, because to me, it. Yeah, because to me, I can believe that his resolve would change after what he went through. But yeah, for me, I think the bridge too far, at least in how quick it was, was, you know, he's got this new reserve and all of a sudden he's like, this is what I should do. That's what I should do. Mm. And I'm just like, where, where did you get all this like tactical knowledge from? Like it just seemed maybe he, it was always there and he just didn't know how to utilize it i don't know but i would just say like that was maybe the one thing that i struggled a little bit with but it ultimately wasn't that big of a deal that's a fair uh fair critique i would definitely agree with you on that um i mean as far as everyone else goes thoughts on uh bjorn the guy who chuck like he pops a mushroom and goes those mushrooms yeah yeah those were interesting i mean well well, just thoughts on like his whole relationship with Askeladd, him being Danish and Askeladd secretly mm-hmm. hating all Danish people, but telling Bjorn in his final moments, like you were my, you were a friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was great. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess actually to like the, the mushroom thing actually is kind of interesting because I feel like the mushroom thing was like a rare instance where it felt like like the show like Vinland Saga as a whole feels very grounded mm. and that like the depiction of going berserk from the mushrooms felt a little like that like that felt like the one kind of like super human supernatural kind of like thing to the show. Not right. that I'm mad at it. I thought it was fine, but yeah, um I could definitely see where you're saying with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Askeladd's whole, yeah, well, I was just trying to think if I had anything more to say about his, like how he feels about like his kind of like backstory. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you had anything more specific to say about that, but no, I I, mean, I watched a couple of videos about how he his whole character is derived from like King Arthur and all these other aspects of uh, like uh, Arthurian um, tales and myths, as well as like mm-hmm. some Viking shit. He's not actually like a real person like the other people are. So, I mean, they can get away with doing just about anything with Askeladd. Um, I was more interested with Thorfinn only because we see him have the singular like want and need throughout the entire season. And then for that to be taken mm-hmm. away in the final moments and then Leif or Leif, I forget Leif, uh, he pops back up and he begs him to like, like find his humanity again, come back with him home. And mm-hmm. 
he doesn't, I don't think, right? He ends up on that boat somewhere else. It would have been so much easier for him just to go back home, but I feel like Thorfinn himself, he's ashamed. He doesn't feel like he has the right to step foot back on his homeland because, I mean, he resolved to like kill his father's killer and he didn't accomplish that. And he's been, he's had his entire family like worried for him. And he really put that in the back of his mind and just took off. And I feel like Leif confronting him with that. I don't even know if he's like, okay, because you know, he's off on a ship with a bunch of slaves now. He's, he's not doing well. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's also interesting to just remember that, you know, I feel like with Leif coming back and being like, you know, come back home with me, you know, I I get the sense that Thorfinn's memories of home, you know, like he left when he was like six, Yeah. you know, and I think back to, I try and remember like how many memories of when I was six do I like really have? I mean- you know, I don't know. Like, if I had been taken away from my upbringing at six years old and dropped into a new environment, and all of a sudden I'm in my, you know, late teens or however old he is in the prologue, like, I might not feel in my heart like this deep connection to That's this place I I only spent six years in because, like, like we said earlier, you know, he's been with Oscalod for like 10 or so years. Yeah, but it's the dreams, and, you know, he keeps having those dreams of Vinland. He keeps having those dreams of his father. I just feel like it's, I don't know. I There's something in there. He wants to go back. Back I, home? Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, probably. I don't know. Um, yeah, well... I forget what we were originally talking about there. Was was it just that scene or did you have... I, I can't even remember what you initially were... Great. Thinking. Well, whatever. We yeah. had, well, we, we haven't really talked about uh, uh, Thorkel. Any thoughts on that big... He lug? essentially reminded me of uh, a Dragon Ball Z character. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Broly. No. Okay, of course not. But he reminded me of that character. Um, just an unbeatable fucking mountain of a man. Muscles mm-hmm. and muscles. And of course, I looked him up, Thorkel the Tall. He is like a true uh, Viking soldier. Um, yeah, he was a beast, man. But a very interesting yeah. type of uh, warrior in that like, he just wanted to fight. He wanted to fight and go to Valhalla and be the strongest and it was very interesting to watch how other Vikings were scared shitless. Like it, there were those brothers that conspired against Askeladd. Right. And then one of them yeah. uh, actually had to be matched up against Thorkel. And uh, he went catatonic with fear. Which, yeah. yeah. I was like, God damn. Yeah. I mean, that made me think of just another interesting thing just about the whole depiction of uh, Vikings and everything. And and I think you see this a lot with uh, Thorkel's character throughout this prologue is just like, it really just felt like back then for Vikings, at least it was like, you know, your enemy on the battlefield could like switch in a moment. And for 
you can just like turn it off, at least for him. Like, it's just like, okay, like situation has changed. I was about to like squash your head two seconds ago, but now pretty um, much I can like it it just like the way that at least it's depicted here where Vikings treat like how they treat fighting and like, it's very much like this pleasurable or it's like how you derive all your honor basically. Um, or like how you value your worth is your yeah, I mean, presence on the battlefield. That's what their entire religion was based on. Valhalla is like if you're mm-hmm. a true warrior, you get to you get to go to Valhalla and like you'll be honored and all this other shit. But uh, yeah, how did I mean, did you enjoy uh, the discussion on theology, like uh, Christianity mm-hmm. versus uh, versus the Viking? Yeah, shit. No, yeah. Yeah, because in the episode before when you were talking, giving some thoughts about Finland Saga, yeah, you had brought up at least one scene, but I feel like it happened a couple of times where, yeah, where the Vikings are like trying to understand these like Christian concepts, you know, like from from love, like you had talked about on the last episode, and then also to... um, yeah, just how like Jesus visually is just this weak fucking dude <laughs> hanging on a cross and he does yeah, the I mean, magic. I, they they're like what yeah. he walks on water. That's it. They, yeah, they're they're doing some roast sessions on uh on JC. Yeah, but but yeah, I, I did definitely like how that concept of love wasn't just like a throwaway conversation and it kind of like kept Oh yeah, being it was brought a back up. Until and it really culminated with, I would say that was like a pretty big pillar in um, Canute's transformation too. After Ragnar died and mm. um, the Bjorn's going berserk, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like yeah, yeah, definitely. When the the, the priest brings the, the concept of love back, and I I'm really trying to like remember exactly what that conversation was, but didn't he say something like? love isn't just, you know, like Ragnar's devotion to you wasn't love because it was selfish. It was towards like you and it excluded others. And I think it like the conversation culminated in something like love is, or I I think like Canute was saying like, oh, I think I get it. Like love is like God's creations or whatever. Like something, it it has to, it has to, it has to be more of like a selfless, thing that encompasses everything rather than just yeah but i thought i can't remember the exact things they said but yeah i thought that was an interesting way to for that kind of concept to go in the show with those characters but um yeah i don't know i mean some pretty good fights too amazing Um, fights nathaniel great fights they were great fights they were uh Guys, if you haven't seen Vinland Saga yet, please check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. I don't know why. Um, is there any good anime and any other good anime on there that you know of? I think there are. I think there's this anime Banana Fish. I've heard good, really good things about. I haven't Banana watched it. Banana Fish. Yeah. All right. And um, I think Made in Abyss is on there. Hmm. Not totally sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, I, before we move on, I guess, I don't know if, 
I know you said you kind of like saw some things or researched some things, but yeah, if you, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know like what you, like what you watched or what you saw about, but I was, I was curious before we recorded just to see what your thoughts might be about the future of Vinland Saga, but it seems like you might know a little bit. I mean, so I don't know if you want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I just, I did only because I was very confused about that last little uh, chunk of the episode of the uh, final episode of the prologue or whatever. So I had to watch like a Vinland Saga ending explained video and they dipped into who the characters were that you see like briefly as the, uh, as the episode ends. So yeah, the woman, um, I know who the woman is. I know who the guy on the ship is along with Thorfinn, but I mean, I know how his story connects with the woman and the arrow, but after they like, I don't know anything more after they meet. I just know how they initially met with Thorfinn and the young woman. Uh, Rewind and say the last. I, I, you, you cut off at some point. Okay. I heard you say, I know who the woman is. Okay. I'm just, well, I know who the woman is and like how she and Thorfinn initially meet. But okay. I don't know I mean, that's, what. Yeah. I mean, that's like very, well, I don't know. Yeah. I just know her backstory. That's it. Okay. Yeah. How is that a big spoiler? I know her backstory. I mean, the circumstances in which they meet is kind of like, I don't know how in depth whoever said their backstory was, but it seems like you could surmise certain things based on how they meet, but. Well, how they initially meet or how they meet in the future. Well, I guess it depends. Because I'm talking about how they initially meet. Because here's my thing. I don't see how they initially meet as a spoiler of anything because it takes place before the prologue ends. It just happens to be something we didn't see. Wait, are you talking about the girl with the braids on the on the shore? mountain? Oh, okay. Yeah. See, see, I have I would say that in the manga, I'm basically at the end of where season two will probably end. Hmm. And I have not met that character yet. The one on the mountain? Yeah. Really? Okay. Interesting. And where I'm at right now, which is like another, I'm like over, I'm a little past ish, uh, chapter 100. I only just met the girl with the braids. On the shore. So, yeah. So these huh. those two characters specifically are like come in much later on. Um, but, okay. But the guy on the ship is... Well, you probably heard a little bit about him, but I actually don't remember what I heard about him. So I'm just hmm. going to leave that up in the air. I remember the woman. Her story was more compelling to me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, guys, overall, uh, yeah, I am hyped about Vinland Saga. Can't wait. Hope there's a season two. Um, there should be a season two, right? Do you know anything? You heard anything? Um, I haven't heard anything. I, I haven't heard anything specifically about season two confirmation. I think I heard something about it getting a dub, mm. but, um, 
yeah, I'm not, I haven't heard anything. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, for your sake, I hope it does. For my sake. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? What do you think I got stock in this? No, I just mean like, I mean, if it doesn't, I hope, I, I would assume it does, but if it doesn't, if you're not willing to read the manga, then you'll just not. I can just literally say, hey man, what's up with Thorfinn these days? Where he's, what's he mm. up to? What's he up to? What's he doing? And you can just sure. tell me. I could do that. All right, we'll do that friend. live. We'll do that live on the podcast if it uh, yeah season if, two doesn't get yeah if it doesn't get greenlit. Uh, we'll have uh, weekly weekly uh, Vinland Saga corners where I just say, hey, what what's Thorfinn doing? And you can mm-hmm. tell me who he's murdering, yeah. who he's who he's pillaging, all the all the uh, above. Uh, shall we move on to? Uh, pff, I don't know, man. What do what what do you want to get into? You want to get into uh, Horimiya? Do you want to get into My Hero Academia? Uh, we got Tokyo Revengers as well. <laughs> yeah, it's all up um, in the air, baby boy. I don't know. Um, Horimiya might be good, just so we can leave the end just to mm. all the mm. all the ri- the usual suspects. Okay, okay. Let's get into Horimiya. Nathaniel, uh, have you watched any of this show? Um, this a little. Anime. Okay, a little, okay. a little. I've popped into a few episodes to check, but mm. I got. So I have. I'm curious to see what you think because you watched the anime adaptation and I, I read the manga, and so I was pretty confused about something <clears throat> about the anime adaptation um, that I found out after we last talked about it, cause I, you know, was like, okay, I'm going to read the manga up until season one is covered so we can have this conversation. Uh, until I realized that, so I finished Horimiya, the entire manga. And that was 125 chapters, which I discovered is the entirety of the anime adaptation. Are you sure? Yeah. Because like I read some other stuff where like characters continue on. Is that like just like a web comic thing? Is that like not in the manga? Um well, so the history of Horimiya is that it started out as a very crudely drawn web comic, and then the manga was kind of like an adaptation of the web comic, and it ran for 125 chapters. And um yeah, so uh, chapter 125 ends where the anime adaptation ends. Okay, fair enough. Um, so. I, if there is a continuation, I don't know anything about it. Hmm. Wouldn't be the first time. Anyways, let's move on. Hori Mia, Nathaniel. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Yeah, uh, there were some problems that i had with it that i feel like you had mentioned where you said that the manga takes a little bit more time than the anime does with establishing um like some of the relationships there are some friendships uh while watching the show that like i understood that they were friends but i didn't Mm. i didn't understand to what 
degree and i didn't <clears> see <throat> them get to that point for some of them for others i yeah. could definitely see it while i was watching the anime but others i was just like oh they're a part of the group now all right but i assume in the manga there's yeah. probably more of that building up yeah well definitely and yeah this is the thing that i didn't realize when we had that first discussion about it because yeah i mean essentially uh yeah 125 chapters of just it's all characters all the time like there's no plot in this series at all like it the manga is just entirely like you're just dropping in with these characters and you're just getting all these little slice of life bits and funny things with them uh living their lives basically so yeah the manga it takes 125 chapters to do all that and the anime basically boiled down all of that into, you know, whatever it was, 12 or 13 episodes. So, um, yeah, it was definitely like from the bits that I've seen, like everything is adapted faithfully. It's just that they had to cut all of those character moments that you Mm. get over the course of, um, the start to finish. So they basically just boiled it down to the most important. So was, I mean, Speaking to someone who read the manga, is there anything that you can like that you read that like really grabbed you that maybe wasn't included in the anime? Um, I, I'm not totally sure what was and wasn't included. Um, some things I, you know, the things I've seen, I can kind of guess what was included and what wasn't, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about Hori Mia without, because like I said, there, there's just like not a lot of like plot driven things. It, it's very much just Yeah, it's these all character. It's all character. Character moments. So it's like, you know, it it breaks my heart a little bit that, you know, you saw some of it and you're like, oh, this character's kind of okay, but they're just kind of part of the group now where like, I love like, pretty much all of the like Hori Mia main cast. Like I think like, no, I like them all. I just don't like, yeah, no. for instance, yeah, yeah. there's a character who I didn't realize was as included in the group as they were. And I would have, I feel like had I read the manga or had the anime maybe lasted 22 episodes and they were able yeah. to flesh it out a little bit more. Was, was it the, I don't know if you remember like their names, but was it I got the, the kind of up. the really loud, yep, um, goofy guy? Yeah, uh, he era. Yeah, era. Yeah, so he is like really big in like the second half of the manga. He becomes like a very like focal friend in the group. Um, you're connection i don't know if it's your connection or my connection but you kind of froze a little bit your screen i can see you now did you hear what i just said Nah, it uh cut out but i'm still recording so what did you say um yeah so i was basically just saying that um yeah the era era character is like a really focal friend in like the second half Mm of the series. So he's huge. I I would say pretty much all the characters have quite a lot of screen time, like all of the main cast. So 
that 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 was like probably the main character that I heard people talk about that was like kind Shafted. of criminal like yeah kind of criminally I could tell because uh Miyamura he he was describing his friends at one point and he had included uh Yoda and I was just like oh uh I've seen him in <sighs> a scene so Damn. far like he yeah. he was in like everyone else was hanging out and he just happened to be walking by and he's like, Hey guys, la, 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 and like walked away. And I was like, Oh yeah, I didn't know he was a part of the group. But then uh, as, as yeah. the episodes went on, he was more included, but it was just like, I just didn't know. And I feel like where I reading, like where I had to read the manga, mm-hmm. I would definitely pick up on that. And I would see that a lot more. Yeah. I mean, there was so much with him, like, both at school and at home with like, was there anything with his like, yeah, with his sister. Okay. Yeah. They included that, but they didn't include why he was so subdued at home, but so big Mm. and boisterous at school. And I was like, what are we going to get some backstory to that? What's up? So can you shed some light on that? Is there anything that you can tell me? Hmm. Um, I don't know if there was any like, serious backstory to that necessarily like there was there wasn't some like traumatic thing that i'm unless i'm forgetting something it it was just more of like i don't know yeah i don't that's the thing with hori mia like there's definitely like some characters have some backstory that there was a lot of backstory with um God, I need to pull up a character list now unfortunately you can can just give me a um, description i got them all pulled up uh the couple uh, Prez and oh, uh, the girl, Sengoku Yuki, and Remy. Ren Remy, yeah. Um, like there was a whole. I don't know if they included this. What you know, they they had like a origin story, like like how they met. Uh, I think there is a couple scenes of it in the anime, but mm-hmm. uh, it was basically I think a character just asked like how they got together or why, and mm-hmm. uh, I think. At different points, I think Sengoku is uh, explaining that uh, Remy likes or he likes feeling as though he can be protective over her. And there's mm. yeah, there are little character moments for both of them here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the shoe thing, like Irida, like. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah, I don't know that there there was actually really any like um serious backstory that explained why he's so subdued at home. It was just sort of like his home dynamic. And I I think it more kind of comes down to how less of a home dynamic and more of a how he acts around his sister hmm. dynamic. Um yeah, I think he's like always the same kind of person. It's just when he's around his sister, I think he just like shifts like automatically into this kind of like protective big bro mode like did they did they include his sister's like little crush who came over no and like yeah there's a lot there's there's quite a bit with with him yeah there's this like recurring little like school crush that she brings over and like there's all kinds of scenes of him like sizing (laughs) up this little kid Nah, the only stuff with her was just her trying to get into uh, high school, like with good marks. Mm. That was her whole storyline. And he mm. he had a uh, Horty uh, tutor her. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, 
yeah, I'm, so I have uh, the character list up now. Like, hey, Nathaniel, maybe oh. next time you do that before we press record, bro. Well, Just, the thing you know. was, I had it ready. The thing was, I had it ready to go on my phone, but since we started in my uh, ah, your power went out. My power was out. I I didn't have it up. But All right, you're not gonna get any demerits this time. But next week, get it together. Um, yeah, I mean, the only characters that really didn't have a huge amount was that weird little dude who's obsessed with taking photos of uh of Miyabata, like hmm. did they include him? I don't no. know. He, 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 he was just like a throwaway, um, like joke character basically. But, um, yeah, I mean just tons, uh, countless scenes of, uh, Miyabata and, uh, Mr. Hori, the dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoyed their dynamic. So yeah, I, I love those two so much. Um, yeah, there's just a billion scenes of them in the house. I didn't like, understand like what what's the deal with uh Horty's dad? Like does he is he a traveling musician? What why is he uh, uh popping in and out? They never I don't think they ever explained what he does, but there was one scene where he actually runs into Miyamada like out in the world mm-hmm. and he's like I don't know if they animated that, but he's like very buttoned up and like professional. No looking like he had his hair all like combed back and everything um but yeah Damn, so Hori think... just basically fell for a guy exactly like her dad yeah well i mean they they go into that a lot at least in the manga that um or wait you you just mean in terms of hair like aesthetics like the fact that right you know, he he was sort of living the same double life. He comes home, he looks like this disheveled, shaggy, uh, hipster dad, but he goes out in the world and he's all buttoned up and, you know, clean shaven and clean cut. Just mm. like Miyamoto. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, I mean, that's a definite connection you could draw. I mean, in the manga, they, they spend a, quite a bit of time just sort of like, I think she, I think Hori comes to the real, like the realization at some point that her, at least like the core of her attraction to Miyamura is like, um, his dependability and the fact that he's like always there. Cause you know, her mom is like sweet, but she's always kind of working, working a lot. And then Mr. Hori is like, you know, he's fucking a total goofball out there and not, yeah. Not de- not dependable at all, but um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I- I'm glad you enjoyed it. So some of the animation, some of the stuff I saw, like you know, it, it looked really good and faithful, like what they did adapt. But yeah, I mean, I had like I read this like, or I finished it earlier in the week before um, before the the news of the whole berserk thing and Kentaro Mira, mm. but yeah, I had like a super like emotional reaction, like to the end of this, to the end of Horimiya. Like, um, it was just like, I don't know. Like I was thinking a lot about, uh, did you ever see the movie boyhood? No, it's on my list, but no. Nah. Mm. Well, 
you know, I guess for anyone who doesn't know, Boyhood's this Richard Linklater movie that, you know, they they shot over like 12 years of this real kid basically growing up. And that movie is like Horimiya, very like it's not plot driven at all. Like you're just really just watching scenes throughout this kid's life. And at the end of that movie, you know, he's about to graduate high school and go off out into the world. And there's this scene between him and his mom where she just like breaks down crying and he's like, what's wrong? And she's just like, I thought there'd be more, Mm. you know? And I kept thinking about that so much. Like at the end of this, like there's this scene where Remy is just kind of like, they're all kind of goofing off. Yeah. 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 I think, I think Uh. they animated that and she's just kind of like, I thought there'd be more time to have like fun with my friends. And yeah, it's just, the whole manga is just these moments where you're just hanging out with these characters and it's just all this like goofy fun stuff. And yeah, I mean, it it definitely took me back to like feeling like a senior in high school, senior, junior year, and just hanging out with friends like summer in between or just after class where, I mean, you guys all have like so much ahead of you, but Mm -hmm you're trying to like appreciate what's right now, you know? That's what Horimiya felt like. And watching these mm-hmm. characters develop these relationships with each other and bond and like even watching some of these relationships break apart, you know? And seeing some yeah. people not connect the way that they wanted to or being close to like being this close to being together and then like just missing each other that mm-hmm. really like took me back to just that high school feeling of we're all in this place together and we all like have so much in common and we're all in these social groups but we're all very much going different directions at any different like at any time like and i don't know it just felt it's that uncertainty of that last year of high school. That's what Horimiya felt like when I was watching it. Ah, oh, man, watching all these people connect only for them to realize as time went on, like, oh, we have to start uh, like getting ready for university or like, yeah. you know, it was just like, fuck. I remember that where you're enjoying high school, but n- like, wait, next after this summer, like we don't, we, I won't see these people in September if I don't want to, you know, like yeah, we're all, it's going to be real life after June. So I don't know. It, it, it was, it was a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. I mean, yeah, for me finishing it, it, yeah, it's much like you're saying, like when I think back to high school ending for me, it's like you live the same kind of life for, you know, three years and you can't, at a certain point, you can't really imagine, yeah, not going in the next day and being with these people. And that like the end of Horimiya, the manga, at least like it very much gave me that same feeling. It felt like I was graduating again where I'm like, there's no more chapters for me (laughs) to hang out with my friends. Like it's, it's over. And like, especially like sort of Miyamura's um, kind of emotional end Mm. kind of little beat where he kind of has this moment where he imagines this like alternate kind of timeline where all these little things didn't happen. Yeah, dude, that one hit hard. 
Yeah, I was I was definitely like the the waterworks were on when I was reading that because it was just like these moments, like these characters that you just that I like love and cherish are like these moments where they're just kind of just nonchalantly passing each other, just making these little offhand comments or thoughts in their head, like, oh, like that guy seems kind of weird, or you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's just man. like it was but like a dagger exactly, through my heart. That's exactly what high school was where it you could have your best friend could have easily been a complete stranger had you not spoken to them in a certain way at a at a certain moment and you build these bonds just by asking questions or bumping into each other it's just like with uh like Miyamura and um Cordy's little brother had he not like like fell down that day yeah exactly just like you were saying i mean you and me Nathaniel we've been friends for mm. how long over 10 years and the entire reason you spoke to me is because I made some dumb joke about being vegan. And you thought that we were, we had some commonality and you're like, Hey, you're vegan. I was like, no, I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> what else? I mean, we could talk about other stuff and we just became friends after that. Like, had I not said that, who knows? Maybe you don't talk to me. Right. I don't talk to you for X amount of years. And then we just never become friends. It's those little chances, those little moments where you're building a relationship. That's what Hori Mia was. And it was so much fun to watch. So I appreciate you bringing that to the program. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed what the, the anime had to offer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Def so definitely anyone out there, if manga is not your thing, you know, the anime is the best thing you're going to get. And it's, it sounds like, it was pretty good from what Dom says. And if you're into manga, definitely check out the manga. It's just like the anime, but just a lot more little things. Um, one, one thing I, I want to bring up really quick about it that I'm almost positive didn't get animated. Were there any like big flashbacks or flash forwards? Uh, no, there were no okay. flash forwards. Only The only reason I know that is because like when I was reading some character profiles on the wiki, it said what happens in the future to Hori and Miyamura. And it says that it was in the web comic. That's why I was like, Oh, so there's mm. a continuation somewhere. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I haven't read the web comic, so I'm not sure where that kind of ends up, but in the regular like manga adaptation of that, at least right before the ending, like the ending that got animated, they did this weird thing where there was a couple chapters that were a flash forward to little Sota, Hori's little brother. Hmm. And I think they animated her, but um, Sota's got a little childhood friend, Yuna, I think. Mm -hmm. And she comes out, she's in the manga a, a, a fair amount more, but it's basically the following the two of them in high school. Oh, and cool. they're like, and they're like best buds, but they have this kind of like repressed like feelings for one another. And like, so does this little like shithead kind of like, he's very brash and kind of non care. Like you can see him like in Hori and mm. Hori's dad, like you can see that and, and Yuna's more reserved. And it's kind of basically just this little like bite of like these moments, like them recreating, like you see so much of all the characters we know kind of reflected in that's them too dope. and that's dope. and um there's that and you you only in those two or three chapters you see a few little flashes of where Hori 
wound up, but they, I think, intentionally don't give you too much. But you do know that they are together in mm. ten years. It was ten. It was ten years in the future, right? Um, but then, other than that, there was a flashback chapter to uh, Mr. Hori meeting uh, huh. his mom in high school and um, his wife. Yeah, did, his wife. Yeah, um, and did they? Uh, did they ever animate um, uh, Sengoku's dad? No, I don't uh, believe so. There, there's some really good stuff with Sengoku's dad. Like he what? was like the Why? Cl- what do you mean? Like what? What? What was the great stuff about his dad? Oh, his well, his dad is like basically just like him, sort of like this very like reserved, and he was like the student council president, and mm. basically Mr. Hori and him like. Like Mr. Hori was like just constantly like picked on him when they, like they just had this there there's just like this like um a rivalry kind of weird little rivalry <laughs> like they, they bicker and everything and and that was kind of like a uh you know focus of the um, that flashback those flashback chapters okay. it was just funny it's just funny stuff it's yeah. it's nothing like plot driven but yeah see Sengoku's i kind of wish that they funny. they fleshed out the anime a little bit more because there's definitely room for it i know it's like yeah basically being pitched as like this romance anime but you're telling me the manga is more of like this friendship manga well yeah totally and that was something that i wasn't really expecting because when we talked last time i had only read i think i was like 20 or 30 or maybe like 40 chapters in and in those first 40 chapters, it's definitely more focused on Hori and Miyamura. But at a certain point, you know, kind of like I, what I was saying last time we talked was that it's a rare, I, at least for me, it's kind of a rare story where like two, the main two characters, it's will they, won't they for like a second, but then yeah. they're together and they're just together. And at a certain point, like the focus of Hori Mia was like, look, they're happy. We're going to like drop in on them when, when there's like little big fights and when there's development, but like ultimately they are a part of this larger friend group and it's, it eventually kind of turns into this hangout show where you're just like hanging out and like, it's like a slice of life thing with all these characters and kind of the central core of it is kind of this uh, relationship between the two. But yeah, I don't, it's like, kind of a relationship thing but yeah it's definitely more of like a friend comedy yeah slice of life thing um i enjoyed it very much and i loved the dynamics uh between all of the characters even though i felt like some of them got the shaft in the anime um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun watch definitely light and easy uh blew through yeah. it in a couple of days you know and it's just nice little uh, counterbalance to all the violent, uh, gory shit that we normally watch. Yeah, I was definitely just about to say, like, you know, if you want a break from your <laughs> Vinland sagas, Attack on Titans, mm-hmm. the really heavy shit, definitely, uh, it's a fun one. Yeah. Um, but cool. I mean, yeah, those were kind of the big new things we had to talk about. I guess now we can get into the wasteland stable as it were yes yes uh nathaniel let's let's 
let's begin with My Hero Academia. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, I want you to put some respect on young Tachan, young Bakugo, Mr. Explody Murder Pants, the angriest boy in all of Japan. Mm-hmm. Give him his goddamn druthers. Give him his kudos, sir. All right. All right, look, you were very kind to Horimiya, so I'll be as nice as... <laughs> no, I mean, he... Yeah, so the movie, so I watched the the My Hero movie. I thought it was pretty good. Um, uh, to be... Uh, the second more, one. Yeah, the second one where Bakugo does get to wield uh, one for all. Yeah, I mean, I just want to talk about that for a second. Yeah, like, get into it. I, it wanted was, you, I wanted to talk about this. Go. Okay. Please. I felt like it was really, really cool to see Midoriya and... Uh, um, Bakugo, Bakugo team up like that, and for one for all to be passed along. But like, I know we had talked before about how before I'd seen it that I was like, oh, isn't the, like I heard that the second movie isn't canon, and you're like, yeah, it's not, but you know, still check it out. So I had that in my mind that it wasn't canon, and when that moment came at the climax with the villain and he passes along uh, one for all, I was like, oh okay, this seems pretty fucking significant. And it was like a great climax moment and fight between the two. But I felt like it really undercutted all that in the aftermath where they're like, he doesn't remember a thing. He he doesn't remember and he doesn't have anymore and you still have it. And okay, let's go. And I was like, oh, wow. You just retconned everything you just did to a certain extent. So that part i didn't yeah it's like you almost you know what they could have i feel like all they needed to do it's fine if bakugo doesn't have any more of uh all for one or one for all whatever it's fine i don't care he should still retain the memories yeah exactly i mean that that was that was my bigger issue That was my bigger issue. It wasn't so much that he didn't have it anymore. It was just that, well, that was a very significant moment for him and for Deku and for the two of them as kind of like teammate heroes and rivals. Like you should. So, yeah, it's like. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, that was like the one kind of disappointing thing about it was that I, I wish that Bakugo could keep that but now it's just like he's walking around like nothing ever happened right which doesn't really add up to me though because he i don't know he he seems to carry himself in a way that suggests that maybe he did remember i don't know i don't know it's in my head he remembers he knows because he knows how he knows how the power works with deku like he knows about the quirk Mm -hmm. so what good did it do to erase all of that like erase the memory i don't understand it doesn't do anything for anyone i yeah i guess i mean going back to just the fact that it's this whole little movie arc wasn't canon so maybe they just felt like what's the biggest thing we can do that will literally have like no impact going forward i i I wish they would have committed to it personally like we say it's not canon but also there are things in this movie that happen in season five that we're like tokiyami he's flying using the same uh 
like technique that he came up with with Hawks. Hmm. Um, Deku's got his like gloves on and all that shit. Uh, Ida's got his reciprocal turbo. Those are moves that they created in season five. Wait, what season are we in now? Six? No, we're in five. Uh, so yeah, these, so this, no, we're in season five now. The movie aired during season four, but it's supposed to take place between four and five. Hmm. So in the movie, they're utilizing things that that we're only just now seeing in the show. Hmm. So the movie okay. debuted it. Like they debuted Tokoyami huh. flying. Uh Ida does his reciprocal turbo in the movie. There's shit like that. So yeah, we're only but just did, what? But did they but did they learn those things in the movie? No, or they didn't they learn them in the movie. They were part of it. So, they were part of the movie. Yeah. They were in the movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I get okay. yeah, no, I right. mean All right. I get that. I, I think my hang up is just like what are any of the characters taking away from things that solely happened within that movie? You know what I mean? How to be heroes, Nathaniel. They saved an entire That's island. True. That's so true. my whole thing is I feel like the movie should be canon. I don't understand why it isn't. Maybe ah, Bakugo should just have the memories. I want I want the memories reinstated. It's stupid. I mean, uh, I don't know. I guess. I mean, it's like a weird thing. To where there's like a story that's like this, you know, crafted thing that the author is like, okay, and this is what it is. And then only later they're like, okay, we're animating it and we're following it. Oh, but also we want to do the second movie, but there's no content for it from the manga that we want to use. So it, it's just like to, I feel like it's a delicate puzzle because then if that was canon, it's like, and he keeps it or he loses it or he remembers, then all of a sudden it's like, is the an- do they have to keep making up for mm. that in the anime that's like not already right. adapted? I just feel like it could be, there could be a weird butterfly effect that would okay. you bring mess up a things valid up. Point. Um, there's also like a rumor that the whole uh, Bakugo and Deku sharing uh, the power was the initial finale the uh, creator of My Hero uh, pitched. So I guess he's really? changed his mind on what he wants now for the finale to be because he used it for this movie. Yeah. Wait, like a finale of the entire mm-hmm. series? Yeah. Mm. Huh. That's a interesting thing to announce to the to the public. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if they are making that information public, it's nothing like that is definitely going to happen because that would be a big thing to. Yeah, definitely. I'm guessing he's got like something else picked up now. That's so weird though, just because like earlier on we were talking about how when Deku has his little like one for all memories Mm -hmm. in that dream space, like and you see the like past users, like there's an outline of Bakugo and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I don't have mentioned that. A weird connection. I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. So um Let's pivot to this latest episode where the boy Kachan is uh, leading group four uh, Mm. in the fourth match against class 1B. 
I mean, what? Do you want me to say they did a good job? You did a great fucking job, Nathaniel. Give the motherfuckers respect. You have been shitting on this boy. You've been like, oh, what, <laughs> I what's didn't... he doing? What's he here for? Oh, he's, oh, he's just so I angry all the time. You've been no. shitting on him nonstop. I, want, I, don't know, look, I don't know that I ever said any of those things. I think what look, man, I... He has matured. Okay. He has grown hmm. as a hero. He has grown as a student. He's more willing to accept help. Look at him. He's out. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a beautiful, everything that I did not get from the past two episodes from, to, uh, from uh, Todoroki and Ida right. is everything I got from Bakugo. Everything. This episode had it all. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely refreshing seeing this after the past couple little battle arcs um, with the different team ups because it was like just simple and you know incredibly um bold just to have like okay you have this character who says he's the shit mm-hmm. all day every day and then you kind of put him in the situation where literally one thing in his mind changes where he's like i will accept help and I will give help. And if he does those two things, which is just a, it's not even a new ability. It's just a well, no, mental he's all, change. It, you're right. It's only one thing though. Cause he's always given help. He's always been like, I will, okay, sure. I will be yeah. the hero, move out of my way. I will save everyone. But now he's saying right, sometimes right, right. I need yeah. to be saved. Yeah. So then that's even more impressive, you know, like for him, like all these other characters are like trying to figure out how they're going to like unveil their like massive, OP ridiculous yeah. uh, ability and he's just sort of like all right I'll let people help me <laughs> that's and they all just I need like, to do to win and and they just sweep in like five minutes or whatever less it was. yeah it's yeah. amazing and I loved seeing that teamwork only because first of all you have Bakugo this uh who's supposed to be the Vegeta the Kanye uh all these like just the the king shit archetype you know and he's surrounded by Jiro with the earphone jacks, uh, Ciro, uh, Sero with the tape arms, and uh, I forget the guy, Sugar Rush, the guy who just eats sugar and gets strong. Not exactly mm-hmm. any of these characters do I think of as OP or um, like top tier when I think my hero. Mm-hmm. But because they've taken the time to build these quirks and to uh, build their teamwork, we're seeing... We're seeing uh, like Saro guy. He's flying through. He's taping up that uh, lizardy girl's little chunks all over everything. He's he's watching. He's got like a bird's eye view of the entire situation. Mm-hmm. Sugar Rush is coming through. He's strong arm and he's he's capturing people. He can break through uh, the welding guys welds. I love that. And then Jiro with yeah. her uh, heartbeat uh, with the earphone jacks into the amplifiers. Beautiful. This entire team. I mean, best team we've yeah. seen so far. I mean, yeah. I mean, for as short as it was, again, like it, at least just in terms of like what we're getting as an audience, like it's so exciting just because it's like it's it, like you're, you don't like the things that we were seeing all of them do. Like, I feel like you could have had the sound off and you would understand Definitely. what was happening like everything was so simple and it feels like in past team ups 
it goes on for a really long time and like you're having to get these explanations of what exactly their uh strategies are and in this it was just like yeah these are like it's just very or like a long uh flashback of a character like going back and trying to remember some pain that he felt in order to dig deep to do a special move where yeah Bakugo, he didn't need any of that shit. There was no special move. It's like you said, he just needed to accept help. That's all yeah. he did. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. Like, this makes me, like his performance here and with these extra little things to consider, like, it, it definitely makes his character um, a lot more impressive and respectable because like, yeah, like it, when you think about it, uh, to be a great hero that we all want to see and for in the world that they want, like a hero that they everyone wants to exist, it's like you shouldn't, if you're a great hero, you shouldn't have to like, your worth shouldn't be um, valued at like what new huge special move can I yeah. conjure up from my emotional... Um, the depths of my uh, trauma or whatever. Like it should just be. How yeah, many Bakugo people did I save? Spe- how quickly can I do it? How, how can I do so yeah. without uh, creating so much damage? He hit all those benchmarks and so did the people supporting him. It was, that's all. I mean, that was the first uh, match we saw where he hit, like where any of the heroes hit all those benchmarks and it didn't take like an episode and a half. Like they were done dude it was just i don't know i appreciated it for what it was and it reminded me that he is like deku's rival for a reason and it got me more hyped for deku's battle now i don't believe that it's gonna be as quick and as simple as bakugo's was because they are two very different heroes uh bakugo he is Mm -hmm. very uh he's i'm not gonna say he's tactical he definitely is but he's he goes in there for that punch very quickly he wants to put you down as fast as you as he can you know just like he he was saying you you have to take the initiative you have to find the opening yourself you have to make it wider you know deku he's been watching all these people taking notes he's got he's got this power inside of him nathaniel i don't know what's going to happen but his quirk has been feeling weird he says he's feeling fine now. Mm. I just know last time he went up against Shinzo, uh, some shit popped off. So we shall see. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, with my hero, you know, I like to leave the predictions up to you. You're much more astute um, with this series, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, yeah, like you said, I'm definitely not expecting anything similar to what happened here because Deku is a very special emotional boy and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of feelings that he needs to sort through in this next uh, fight. See, I don't know, man. It, I know he's very emotional, but he, he, the way he dropped down and his resolve and he just, everyone was wondering like you have ashido you have uraka you have uh grape rush mineta over there they're all wondering like oh what are we gonna do how are we gonna beat them uh we can't attack them because our powers are shit uh we can't really lay in wait because i mean i mean if they attack us 
will be fucked. So, so what's what, uh, what now? And Deku drops down and he's like, have him come after me. I'll be bait. Mm. I got this. Don't even worry about it. It's that calm resolve. It's that self-assured like confidence that All Might has and that Bakugo has too in a different way. Bakugo has that like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm the best. I'll save everyone. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Deku has that. I'm, I am here. That same shit that All Might has. He dropped down and he was like, don't even worry about it. Have him come after me. I got this. Mm-hmm. He's got the speed. He's got the power with his new Air Force gauntlets. Uh, I just feel like we're going to see a hell of a match and I can't wait. I know you're not as hyped about this as I am, but uh, it's it's going to be some special shit. It's going to be it's going to be hot. So maybe do a line of coke um, before Mm. you watch this next episode to get you in the mood. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, I'm along for the ride Mm. for my hero season five. And yeah, you know, if you think I should enhance my my state of mind, I'll definitely figure out what I can do. Uh, I partake in cannabis. You, I would recommend harder narcotics, heroin. Uh, If you can get your hands on it, chase that dragon all day. Uh, do you want to, I mean, is there anything we haven't? Oh, I forgot, dude. Last week I mentioned Jujutsu Kaisen. We had finished season one. I finally got to see my boy Megami, uh, Fushiguro use his, uh, domain expansion. Did, I mean, you read mm -hmm. the manga, right? Yeah. All right, so you saw it was the Chimera Shadow Garden or something? Mm, yeah, yeah. That shit was beautiful. I loved every minute of it. I just wanted to shout that out real quick because nice. I forgot to talk about it last week. I rewatched it again this week, and I oh, love that dude. He's top top tier anime character in my, my book. Love that dude. Uh, do we want to go Megalobox? Do we want to talk Tokyo Revengers? Did you watch Megalobox this week? Yeah. Okay. Did you watch Tokyo um, Revengers? What's what's going on? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'm kind of like Vinland Saga, like the manga has been kind of like taking my time, like the majority of my time, but I did kind of get a fair bit ahead in um, Tokyo Revengers. You son so of a bitch. I definitely, I mean, I can, yeah, I, I can, I can talk about this episode. I, I briefly looked at it to see what it was covering. <sighs> But now you know spoilers. It's not going to be as fun. Do you really want me to? I don't want I'll, you to spoil I'll, things. I'll hold back. Well, I'm not going to spoil things. I know, but it. the beauty of this conversation was that we we're mm. both finding out together. We we're on this time travel journey with Takamichi. <clears throat> now you and Takamichi, you've gone ahead. You've left me behind. I didn't get behind. that far ahead. I, I got maybe like, I maybe know what happens in like the next episode. All right. Well, maybe you stop reading. How about that? Okay. I'll, I'll make it a special thing. I appreciate that, Nathaniel. Thank you. Um, um, yeah, I, I could, I could, I could go either one. First, okay. uh, I mean, not much to say about this latest episode of Tokyo Revengers. Takamichi, he's still trying to uh, stop the fight between uh, Mobius and uh, Toman. Doesn't really go his way. Uh, shit, what happens? I believe. What, what's that guy's name? Uh, the one he's all disheveled and shit in the future, but he's. He's the gang leader now. Oh, uh, oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm forgetting his name. I didn't bring up Tokyo Revengers cast list. Damn it. The one, the one I didn't. Oh, well, either way. Uh, Mikey kicks him square in the fucking temple, man. Fucks his shit up. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, that 
that essentially gets everyone else in line. He tells them that if they have a problem with uh, the way he's running shit, they can step up or get the fuck out. But that's after uh, that guy had already beat, what was his name? Pachin, the one who, yeah. whose girlfriend had been assaulted and his family had been uh, robbed and all that shit. Like Pachin got mm-hmm. the shit beat out of him. But what I don't understand is I don't know if Mikey was doing that out of cruelty or he actually thought Pachin was going to be able to like win the fight because he kept tell- telling Takamichi like, oh, hold back. Like Pachin, he's got this. You don't even know. Pachin, he'll, he'll be able to win this fight. He hasn't lost yet. He didn't lose. Pachin's getting his shit like knocked all up and down the goddamn warehouse. You have any insight on this? Any insight as to like Mikey's uh, motives behind that? Because. He would. He didn't believe that Pachin lost. He didn't believe that Pachin needed any help whatsoever. But Pachin was like on the brink of death with that ass beating. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> Mikey still is kind of a little bit of an enigma in terms of like what exactly his motives are. Well, not motives, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a reading of that where it could be something like, you know, if he, if one of his fellow gang members gets, starts getting a beating at the very start of the fight and Mikey steps in instantly, like that in his mind, maybe that would like Hmm. be a, a weird sign of like, what's the right word? I don't know what the right word is, but huh? Weakness. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the word I was thinking of. But you know, just like this is one of my guys. I swear by him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta let him like, do I'm, his thing. I, I'm stepping in instantly and not even giving him a chance to defend himself. Maybe he would think that that looks bad for the okay Toman as a as a whole. That would okay. be like my best. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> but this is the episode that we also see. The divide between uh Draken and Mikey. But we don't yes. actually see how it happens. Like, why are they so upset? Yeah, it was like things escalate and the dude gets stabbed by Pa and everything gets broken up. And I forget exactly what happens, but it was like Takamichi faints. Faints, yeah. And he so yeah, he basically wakes up like what was it like? 10 hours later or something yeah. or like the next day. I can't remember. And what's her face is there. The, the girl who likes Draken. Yeah. And she's basically saying like, it's very abrupt, but I think like on purpose where she's just like, you know, cause Takamichi wakes up and he's like, what, like what did, did that work? Did something? And she's like, basically like, here's your greatest fear. It happened. Like, Draken and, and Mikey are fighting and he's like, what the fuck? Like what <laughs> happened? And then um yeah, basically he goes back home and he's like recovering and his boys show up and they yeah, it's kind of weird. They basically like play out they they kind of mess with him and they're like, Oh, it's bad. Toman's about to break up, and they're like, ha, ah, just kidding. Like yeah. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like they're in a fight but it's not a big deal. And then uh, Takamichi doesn't really know what to make of that and then Draken himself just shows up. 
Yeah, and then um, uh, they're all hanging out doing the thing, and as they're leaving, Mikey happens to be outside. Because they both wanted things, to check in know, on Things get heated. Mikey and Draken, they just they begin chucking shit at each other, bikes and shovels and bats, and Takamichi can't break it they, up. They're they're destroying all of his childhood possessions, his air prized childhood possessions. Yeah. And right at the climax of all that, Takamichi starts to get powered up. Yeah, he blows his top. He goes Super Saiyan. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of where it ends. It was a very I mean, yeah, it was kind of like at the end of that conflict and then it's kind of like heating it yeah, kind of like ended at the heat up of uh Takamichi trying to resolve this rift between um I mean, it's very much a cliffhanger. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> yeah. The the episode actually, I think it's start or it ends on August 1st or it's August 2nd at the time. And we know Draken is supposed to die August 3rd. Uh, yeah. So safety assume the uh, episode is going to pick off right where it left off. With Takamichi trying to break up that fight. Yeah. Hold on real quick. Just look at my cat. Look at that. Look at that little fucker. You see him? You see him in his little <laughs> hammock? That's how he sleeps. Yeah. Dude chooses yeah, chaos. I mean, we we have a little hammock on one of our windows. It's uh yeah. cat cats love cats love a good window hammock. Yeah. Um yeah, the delivery people love him when he's vibing up there. He's chilling. So I don't know what happens next. I assume this is when uh Draken dies or Takamichi stops it somehow. Maybe this is when we see the first instance of a true like ripple effect from him changing time, if he can stop Draken from dying on the third, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I know that you've gone further, so I'm not asking. I'm not looking. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my theory. So I guess, I mean, we can move on to Megalobox? Question mark? Sure. Question yeah, mark? Let's, Question hey, mark? We, this is a extra special lengthy podcast. I think we can... Oi. Go ahead, go ahead and move on to Megalobox. Damn, we're almost at two hours. Jesus fucking Ep Christ! Episode eight of Megalobox. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we finally get some answers as far as like what's going on with Mac and what Mac time mm. is. And <clears throat> I mean, I guess our predictions were kind of wrong as far as like what's going to happen with Lou and Mac because Mac beat the shit out of Lou. And now Max mm -hmm. the champ. Yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, this whole Mac time thing. It like, it's sort of. I I feel like I kind of like, um, was zoning out a little bit like towards the end. I don't know if I fully grasped. Did did they really did they actually explain what is going on? It's because like we. It's the chip inside of him. It's like having an adverse reaction. So right. I guess whenever he's in or near death, he has like some extreme fight or flight response and his body shifts into a different gear and just kills people. Well, not right. kills, but, you know, beats the shit yeah. out of them. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like we kind of talked about this a little bit last week with the last episode of Megalobox, but... 
yeah, I'm just like still a little, I just was not expecting this kind of like content uh. from Nomad. Um, th- this episode especially, but a little bit last episode, like these episodes feel more like season one kind of stuff. Yeah, I think um, we're done with Nomad, quote unquote. Like, right. Like, it, it's like, yeah, everything up until this point, it's like <clears throat> we're very much like present with Nomad or Joe, you know, we're very much with him and his experience. And we're starting to get a lot more scenes like away from him, you know, where he's yeah. not involved at yeah, all. Yeah, back around the world and, of uh, Megaloboxing. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm honestly like a little bit conflicted about it. Like, I just don't know how much I care about this Mac stuff. Hmm. Like, well, I, I mean, I'm invested only because I, I love Joe and I want to see where his story goes. And they've kind of hinted at the fact that this Mac guy is connected to Chief, maybe. Did you pick up on that? I mean, only, unless I miss something, only with his kind of like in his fight with Lou. Are you talking about like in his fight with Lou where the the hummingbird? No. Uh, comes he to him? kneels and he does like a prayer thing, just like Chief does. And Joe is sitting there and he, he like sits up at for a second and he goes, is he? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he sort of has like this weird, like, yeah. look on his face. I mean, the, it's, I mean, Mac and Chief are definitely both Hispanic, but yeah. I don't think they have. Do we know Chief's last name? No, I don't believe we do. But I mean, I don't, even so, I don't, I don't feel like. I feel they said Chief's son died, you know, so I don't feel like that's Chief's son. I just don't. I mean, but Mac seems older than what Chief's son would have been. Yeah, right. Like Mac, Mac looks like he's at least like very late thirties, if not early forties. I mean, he's got a little, maybe like a 10 year old kid or something. Yeah. So he's not a super young man. No, but. Nathaniel, it's uh, important to remember these uh, these ethnics. They tend to procreate a lot, you know, younger, mm. a lot more so frequently. You, I mean, and it, it is anime, so maybe Mac is like eighteen. Facts, yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just right now. I'm just sort of like waiting to see like how this plays out because right now I just don't know exactly what they're trying to accomplish with this Mac stuff. Mm. Um, Because at least as of this episode, there's no, like Lou is down and in a really bad shape. Yeah, man. He's basically like, he's on death's door. I mean, I mean, again, kind of what we talked about last week, like, I guess it would make sense just in terms of that Joe's the main character of the show for him to like face Mac, but like none of that has been like set up as like a actual possibility. I guess now it it definitely is though, because Mac was mad dog and I'm at the start of the, the start of the match, but against Lou and everyone Mm -hmm. noticed it. I mean, Joe's face was on the fucking jumbotron. So now that Mm -hmm. Mac has 
uh, essentially put the champ out of commission. He is now the reigning champ. So he's going to call out Joe, which I think I predicted. So that is still happening. We're going to see that happen. Whether or not he like does anything. Oh, that's dude. So this is definitely a fight that will kill Joe if he gets into the ring because Mac will go into Mac time and like just beat the shit out of him. Or maybe Joe mm. will be able to be the one that can like defeat Mac time. But I, I don't know. My whole prediction was like Joe wouldn't even get in the ring. He would just go back to fix up the gym with Sachio. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. I mean, I'm really just trying to, I mean, the big thing for the hurdle for me would be like, if he, if Joe actually does step into the ring with Mac, like, I don't know what his like reasoning would be right. at this point. Yeah, in his he has life. nothing to gain from it. Yeah, like there would have to be a serious justification for his character to do that at this point. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's something big or some, something's going to have to happen maybe next week to. Now that the the Lou fight is done and Lou is just like out of the picture, yeah, that was a hell of um, a fight too, man. Like, oof, yeah, that was brutal watching him go down. Yeah, yeah, uh, great episode. 100%. Um, did you watch any Black Clover this week, or are you taking a week off? No, my plate was pretty much stacked. Word, okay, with all this okay. other stuff. Okay, fair but enough. My my, uh, who knows? Might be a little lighter next week maybe i can squeeze some more in are you have you made progress there or? Uh, a couple episodes here and there you know it's a background mm. show i pop on i did watch an episode of gurren lagan that's crazy so i watched so i've already seen the i've seen the first episode twice now mm. of gurren lagan but i tried to I wanted to come to the show like last week and be like, I watched season one, yeah. but I only watched the first episode again. <laughs> I I don't know what is stopping me from yeah. doing it. I don't but... know. I popped on the first episode. I was like, this is good. I get it. And then I, I think I just got tired and I put something else on to like fall asleep to or something. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, w- what are the chances that you're going to come in next week and be like, I watched the, all, the whole thing? <sighs> it's me. So... I mean, 50-50, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll like cover my ass and just try and like get through, try and get through it. I'm, I'm talking like it's terrible. Like I, I've definitely, I've wanted to watch it for so long, but I, I just don't know what it is. I, I watched the first episode and I'm like, cool, I accomplished something. And then I just like <laughs> do something else. So I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but. Oh man. Yeah. I don't uh, Who knows? Yeah, maybe right. we'll we'll cover that next week. We'll see. I don't know if uh I mean I might dip back in a black clover. I don't I don't know. I don't know. There's so much anime out there, Nathaniel, and there's still the classics that I have to watch. Still all those classics. That's true. I mean Yeah, I mean we we are getting to a point where we have a lot of uh at least for you, um a lot of series that feel like you're uh, highly anticipating a new season of, you know, like Vinland Saga or Mm. like the end of Attack on Titan, Mm -hmm. things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. And I assume 
Megalobox season two is going to wrap up in the next three or four weeks, couple, couple weeks. Uh, so we'll be down another show at that point. Uh, what's the other show? Oh, my hero. That'll be going for a while. Tokyo Revengers will be going for a while. I, yeah. I really, I, I, I don't know yet. Maybe I, I don't know if it's out there, like information that's out there, but I could kind of see Tokyo Revengers going either way in terms of being like a 13 episode show or like a 23 episode, you know? Really? Okay. I, I think, I think 13 how, or I something mean, would, how I, far I, is the I, manga I think that would be, it? it's, uh, I think they're on like 140 or 50 mm. chapters. Are people loving it? Yeah, I mean, like, when I read the manga, like, on the website I'm on, there's, like, comment sections. Yeah. And, like, usually when I read manga, I'll look at the comments and people are... It's kind of... It's all over the place, usually. But with Tokyo Revengers, like, I'm going down to the comments and people are just, like, hyped. They're talking... Yeah. They're they're in all caps. I, <laughs> so I think people really love Tokyo Revengers. How can you not? I need more people to see this shit. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much. If you're still listening, this has been Wasteland, an anime podcast. We have uh, covered a lot today. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, please don't be afraid to rate and review us on iTunes. Hit that su- uh, subscribe button on Spotify. You know, uh, rate and review us there, too, if you like. I don't know if you can do that. But uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. Very active there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Hit us up on uh google mail we can gmail us uh but more, more importantly just check back in with us don't forget to watch your favorite anime and listen to your favorite anime podcast which we hope is wasteland until next time guys adios goodbye <laughs>